Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Lapse Factor Podcast. What is up, College Lacrosse fans? You're watching episode 210 of the Lax Factor Lacrosse podcast. I am your host, Ted Houston. We have a big treat for you all today. Today, we are going to skip over the Division I games that were played yesterday because I'm going to put out a show Tuesday morning, a special show to recap the Division I games from Saturday and Sunday, uh, meaning yesterday and today. I'm recording this Sunday morning. We're going to cover the Division Three quarterfinals in today's episode because I can cover them all together. And then on Tuesday, we will recap the Division One quarter uh, quarterfinals as well as the Division Two semis and everything like that so before i get into it as always be sure to like and subscribe if you're an audio listener share the crap out of this with your friends or you can go to laxfactor.com you can get swag and support us that way we put all the videos up there so you can listen to the audio podcast and find out what we're doing with the video stuff at laxfactor.com let us get into this though the first game that i want to talk about this was the game that i was the most excited to see because to me union's kind of been this season's cinderella story They had uh, picked up some pretty impressive wins during the regular season. The big one that I actually watched the game was against Tufts on the road. Big stuff. But uh, I thought the way they've played based on some of the wins they had, that they had a legitimate shot to get themselves to the Division Three Final Four. And boom, that proved to be true, but it did take a little bit of work to get there. Now, Gettysburg, they took a 9-7 lead with 5.26 left in the third off a Spencer Knife Snipe, all-time great name. You know, one of the all-time great names in lacrosse, Spencer Knife. Uh, His defender kind of overextended out top. He just bowled past him and laced one past Union keeper Dan Donahue. Union would answer with a three-goal run that gave them a 10-9 lead. The run capped by Kieran McGovern's man-up goal, dished by Keaton McCann with 14-41 remaining in the fourth quarter. Just to start things off, they won the face. Knife... uh, um, and then they they end up scoring, you know, just 19 seconds into the uh, fourth quarter. Things would go back and forth from there. Both teams would score goals within the last minute and a half of the game. Gettysburg, they scored with a minute 28 left to take the lead. Union would answer a touch over 30 seconds later to tie things back up with 56 seconds left in the game. And then we are going to sudden death overtime. It will be needed to settle this one. Not only was overtime necessary, but they played through three minutes and 51 seconds of the four-minute overtime period before Kieran McGovern fed Keaton McCann just behind GLE. McCann went underneath his defender, dove above GLE, avoided the goal mouth, stuck the game winner for Union, and Union advances to the final four. Insane game, though, overall. This thing went back and forth. It was a great game. No monster runs, but a game of runs nonetheless. As you see, uh, Union or or Gettysburg had the 5-2 lead here in the second. Union takes a three-goal run to tie things back up. Uh, Gettysburg scores again. Union scores two more. Then Gettysburg does it. Then Union does it. So you see it was a game of kind of mini runs that we saw overall. From a statistical perspective, things were pretty even. We see the shots are pretty even. Shots on cage, dead even at 23s. Saves, almost dead even. Union gets one more save in this game over Gettysburg. 
And that's, you know, that proves critical here. And they win turnovers, very close. Everything in this game all around was close, except for the faceoffs. As we get into looking at union stats here, uh, two man duo here, Sam Byrne kind of got roasted at the faceoff dot only going four of 11, but Matthew Palato, he goes 13 of 17. That gives union slight edge in terms of the faceoff battle. They end up winning the game. As we see the stats here, Keaton McCann, he goes four and three uh, on the game overall, uh, including the game-winning assist. Kieran McGovern gets the game-winning goal. He goes three and one on the day. Big day here. Uh, Cause turnovers, Matt Belouche, uh, three cause turnovers. Keaton McCann on the ride here with two cause turnovers. So big crap out of Union overall. Gettysburg, as we just ripped through. George Raymond, two and two. Spencer Knife. Three and one, and uh, that is the ball game. We come down to goalie goalie stats here. Neither goalie above fifty percent, but both of them, you know, did everything they could to keep their teams in it. But it ends up being Dan Donahue that gets the W for Union, and Union will advance to the final four. This was the one. Like I said, I'm an upstate New York guy, so I try to follow the upstate New York teams, even though I don't always talk about them on the podcast. I try to follow them and know what's going on. So I've been kind of watching Union all season, hoping that this is what they ended up doing, getting themselves into the Final Four, and they did. So that is pretty, pretty dope. Now we will move on from there. Next game we're going to talk about here, York against Christopher Newport. Another insane game. The reason I talked about these two games first, even though they don't include the biggest names in in, in D3, was because they were just the better of the four games overall this weekend. So in this one here, we're going to jump ahead to the start of the third quarter. York scored off the second half's opening faceoff, a long pole goal by Ethan Green, his 15th point of the season, which is pretty damn impressive for a long pole. That gave York a 6-2 lead. And then from there, CNU would go on a four-goal run capped by Miles Collins that tied thing up at sixes. This goal started in the defensive end, a beautiful save by Zach Hanway, off stick side, low. He had to go down to get it, made the stop, got the outlet upfield, and Collins stuck it and paid for it. In fact, the highlight, we don't even see the ball go in. We just see Collins get stuck after he takes the shot, and then he celebrates. But beautiful transition play anyway that started in the cage with Hanway. Things would go back and forth from there. Christopher Newport, they'd get their first lead of the game with 6-10 remaining, a man-up goal by Alex Brendis, and York would tie things back up very quickly thanks to a Will Harnick strike, and that set up OT. Now, in overtime, CNU, they had a bunch of opportunities to win the game, but Jack Michael in cage for York. He stood tall in net. Some failed clears gave Christopher Newport a few more opportunities than what York would have liked to have had them have, especially that late in, in, in you know, an overtime period or whatnot. But, you know, it's going to happen here. And, and, and Matt Michael answered the call here, made a couple of big stops. Now, it was the long pull Ryan Kennedy. Ryan Kennedy in overtime picked a pass off. It was right after a failed clear when uh, Christopher Newport had the ball and they were going to get yet another possession here in overtime. Ryan Kennedy says, nope, I'm going to pick this off at the top of the box. He books it upfield, gets a successful clear, puts the ball in his offense's hands, and then that turned into kind of a slow break. I'd call it almost a really slow break as, as Kennedy passed the ball off to the attack and then they wait for the mids to come down. But uh, that tic-tac-toe, we get a little bit of a tic-tac-toe play once they move the ball again on that offensive side. The ball gets banged to the middle. Ball goes down the right side to X. 
back up to the crease, and the sudden death winner comes from Jacob Wilhelm, an easy six or seven yard shot from the mid crease area, and that was fed by Will Harnick and York wins and they advanced their asses to the final four all big stuff here if we look at the individual stats here for york spread out kind of all the way down here not a high scoring game very defensive oriented game jacob wilhelm he ends up with the game winner right was that what it was yep wilhelm gets the game winner a goal and two helpers in this one jared maringer he goes three goals ben mayer two goals Will Harnick, one and one, including the game-winning assist. So that was all big stuff. But we look here at Kennedy. Where is Ken? Oh, I'm looking at the wrong stat there. Kennedy, Ryan Kennedy, the pole, had himself a day. Four cost turnovers, five ground balls on the day for Ryan Kennedy. If we come down and we look at Christopher Newport, uh, Brady, Adebello, Altabello, two and two. Dylan Rice, two and oh. Not a whole ton of scoring here. And then as we come down to the goalkeeper stats, Zach Hanway had a decent game, 11 saves against 10 goals against, but it was Jack Michael that played the better game, 14 saves against nine goals against. And then if we come up here and we look at the team stats on this one, uh, we see where we come into the saves here. No saves in this game were as big as the two right here that came in that overtime period. And he actually had uh, between the second and third period, kid stood on his head. He has four saves over the course of the second quarter, five saves over the course of the third quarter. And, you know, that was a big turning point in this game. And then the two in overtime were just absolute monsters. Overall, though, the statistics in this game were semi-close. We see that Christopher Newport held a big edge in shots, but uh, York was more efficient in the shots. It was 38-28 in just shots. And then shots on cage, Christopher Newport only held an advantage 23-21. to 21. So despite the fact they got more looks, York was a little bit more efficient, and that proved uh, pretty pivotal for them as well. But York advances to the Final Four in the Men's Division Three tournament, and we're going to move on from that one. Next one we are going to talk about is Bowden and RIT. Now, RIT, like Tufts. They had a midseason gut check. They lost to RPI as March turned into April, and then they go on to win 11 straight. I believe that includes the win here against Bowden yesterday. Uh, This game against Bowden, it was only close for the first quarter overall. Bowden actually toyed with an early 3-1 lead prior to allowing RIT to tie things up at threes, and then it was RIT 6-5 to end the first quarter, but that that sixth goal started the first of two separate seven-goal runs that ended up putting Bowden away. So as we kind of look at the box score here, we're going to see, hey, 6-5, pretty close. Joe Camp scores that goal, assisted by Spencer Bell, to make the score 6-5 in favor of RIT. That spearheaded that seven-goal run, as we see down here, that was capped by Ryan Barnable. All of a sudden, it's 12-5 RIT. And at the half, it's 13-6 RIT. So even though the score at the end was, what, six-goal spread by the end of this game, it wasn't really that close. Then RIT starts the second half, or, you know, Goes in the third quarter here and extends that run. One, two, three. Okay, so that was a six-goal run here, the second run was. It wasn't two goals, two runs of seven. It was a run of seven and then a run of six goals here overall. Quinn Commandit, he caps that six-goal run at the beginning of the fourth quarter. 18-6 to six was the score at that point. And then, you know, uh, Bowden ends up getting a few goals here and there. 
but for the most part, that was all she wrote. Now, the stats on this one didn't look all that gross. You know, shots were pretty similar over here. Bowden actually had more shots on cage than RIT did. The big stat in this game, RIT ends up getting 19 saves compared to Bowden's nine. That was big. Turnovers, RIT actually had more, but they kind of run and gun a little bit, play fast and loose. Ground balls, very similar here. Faceoffs, Bowden actually held the edge overall. So as we come into the stats here, um, it's Drew Hutchinson. He picks up 14 saves against six goals against, and then Will Starrett, he comes in in relief, comes up with five saves against eight goals against. So Drew Hutchinson, in the end, most likely should get the game ball for the, you know, because of the way this game went. Robert Hobbs had a rough day in cage for Bowden. And uh, let's see here. If we look at points, Quinn Commandant, he goes 4-1. and one. Luke Pilcher, 3-0. and oh. John Mo- uh, Mosral, 2-1. and one. Uh, You know, they just filled it up all the way down the roster. When you score t- uh, 20 goals and you're blowing someone out, a bunch of guys are going to get some opportunities. Faceoff dot, Jimmy Spillane, he goes 13-21. Overall, the faceoffs, it wasn't total domination by any means for RIT. But if we come up here and we look at the team stats and we look at the faceoffs here, You'll see, eh, it was pretty close throughout most of the game. RIT had the edge at the half, 12 to 9 in terms of faceoff wins, but it, it never got too bad. And then Bowden kind of rolled through the fourth quarter, just winning nine of the uh, nine of the last 12 faceoffs, but it didn't matter. RIT wins. They too now advance to the final four. And uh, the last game that we're going to talk about today is going to be Salisbury and Tufts. Now, I actually figured Salisbury was going to end up winning this game. They they had rolled. They had lost to, um, let's see here, Tufts had a gut check early in the season, and they responded in a big way. Just like I, a lot of these big teams, they end up losing that one game in the middle of the season that ends up kind of changing the season. Tufts, just like RIT, they end up losing. In Tufts' case, they lost to Union. Uh, 17 to 12 at home on March 29th. Then they lost to Middlebury 21 to 14. And then since those two losses, back-to-back losses, Tufts has gone on a 13 game winning streak, including this game here against Salisbury, I believe Salisbury, they lose to Christopher Newport in mid April. And then they went on to win out and route to like a 20 and one regular season, something crazy like regular season. It may have been more like 18 and one, but they also went out. So this battle of the D three heavyweights, it played out more like, Tyson Douglas, uh, Ty- Mike Tyson versus Buster Douglas. Lots of hype, even some excitement early, but by the end of the game, not so much. Tufts led 10-6 at the half, and uh, and the Seagulls were able to get back to within two goals at one point, 11-9 at some point in the third, but then Tufts kept things rolling overall, 17-10 win to cap this out. Now, their, uh, their box score sucks, so I ended up having to use inside lacrosse crap here. Mac Bur- uh, Burdahl, he ends up going 4-4 four and four on the day off 13 shots. Not bad. Jack Boyden, 4-3. Uh, he shot 50% on the day. That's pretty great. Tommy Swank, also five goals. So the big three here for uh, Tufts, they end up putting up a bunch of points. Cross Ferreira, he did well, 4-1. and one, And then they... You know, Salisbury didn't get anything from the rest of their roster for much uh, for the most part. Now, I mean, look at Ferreira though here. 91 and 28 on the season for this kid. That is an absolute monster season. But Posner, Bromwell, Dowd, those guys all needed to show up here in this game. And you see Posner goes one and one, uh, Bromwell two and oh, Dowd just a single assist here. So this, you know, Tufts defense played tough overall. Now the goalie battle, nothing huge. You know, Connor Garzone for Tufts, 50% between the pipes. Uh, ZJ Shayan, he goes uh, 17 saves, or no, 16 saves versus 17 goals against. 
So, you know, he wasn't too bad. Both were hovering right around 500 uh, face-off-wise. Again, not not much to see here. They kind of split the face-offs over the course of the game, so that wasn't huge either. So it was really just a matter of the Tufts defense played better than Salisbury's defense did overall. Tufts ends up getting more looks, more quality looks. They capitalized off those looks more effectively. It wasn't a goalie standing on his head. It wasn't a huge disparity in terms of the face-offs. It just came down to Tufts played slightly better defense than Salisbury. Tufts played slightly better offense than Salisbury, and it, it's that simple. You do both of those things, that results in a seven-goal win over a rival in Salisbury. And Salisbury, I, I don't have the exact stats here, but, I mean, Salisbury's been in the Final Four for D3. If we're talking about the last decade, I think seven seven times. So I think this is only like the third or fourth time over the course of the last 10, 11 years that Salisbury has not made it to the Final Four, and who better to knock them uh, off uh, their pedestal than Tufts. And as we kind of go into the matchups that we're going to have for the Final Four today, which I think is insane that they play in 90-degree heat on Saturday, and then they turn around and have to play the uh, the semis on Sunday. I would have expected or thought that they would have played maybe on Friday instead, and then that way they'd each have a, a break in between. I'm wondering if travel, hotel, expenses, and things like that play into it. But we have RIT facing Tufts today at 3 o'clock. That is going to be insane. And then we have York and Union facing off as well at 3 o'clock, which, once again, I, I bashed Division Two for doing this, and now D3 is going to do it where I'm going to have to have two screens up and pay attention to two games at the same time so that I can watch both of these. But that's what we have. I, I almost would say that, listen, York and Union got the better the – better, uh, deal here. I guess they kind of pulled upsets though, so that's why that bracket doesn't look quite as good on that side of it. But we could end up hopefully with an all New York finals if if we can get Union to pull it out against York and we can get RIT to pull it out against Tufts. We have a New York versus New York um uh, battle for the finals here and uh RIT did beat Union 14-13 in the regular season. So I'm not going to go through and prognosticate on what will happen if uh, in that game if, if we get there. Let's wait to see what happens today, and then you know that's kind of how we'll roll. Now, what's on the slate for today and why I'm not talking about the D1 games is because we still got Cornell uh, playing Delaware, and we have Maryland and Virginia, both games today. Actually, the, the Cornell-Delaware game at noon, uh, that, that's going to kick off. If you're watching this video, uh, it's going to be close here. I'm, I'm recording now, and it's about 10 to 11, and I still have to slice this up a little bit. So Cornell at Delaware today, Maryland and Virginia, no, Delaware at Cornell today, and then Virginia at Maryland in terms of the seeding. Uh, so those those games go down today. Uh, we'll talk about those on Tuesday. Uh, we'll talk about all of the D1 games here on Tuesday. And then we'll talk about the D2 semis as well. They're being played today. Lemoyne at Mercy and Limestone at Tampa. So that is what's on the slate for today. Remember, come back Tuesday. I won't mess around this time. I'm probably going to record the show for Tuesday, Monday night, so it'll be ready to roll early Tuesday morning. So be sure to come back, and we'll put that out. But I figured, man, these D3 dudes, they deserve some shine or some newsprint, as we used to say back in the day, except this is more like video print, whatever the hell you'll call it. Uh, I did have the Rona, so that's why I missed Thursday's show. I, I, I haven't even tested positive yet, but my whole family had the Rona. My wife had the Rona. You know, I'm sleeping in the bed next to her the whole time. She got the sickest out of everybody. So I had mild symptoms on Thursday and Friday, had a sore throat, was feeling mentally like I almost I almost said a, an unacceptable word there. I was feeling uh, completely and utterly stupid. 
uh, on Thursday. And when I woke up in the morning, I had a sore throat. I was just like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to be able to keep my crap together enough in terms of sounding halfway intelligent uh, to even put a show out that was worth it. So uh, I decided to skip it, do today's show. I'm feeling much better here. So D3, you guys get your shine. We'll cover the the, the semis here. Maybe we, we may have a huge show come Tuesday because I should probably cover the D3 semis that are being played today as well in it, but I'll try to make sure I touch on every game that's being played today in Tuesday's show, so be sure to come back. So just a quick show today, everybody. I wanted to make sure we kind of gave the, the D3 guys the credit they deserved, and and there was a couple of incredible games here uh, to, to be had as well here between the, the Union win over Gettysburg and the York win over Christopher Newport. So that's it. Come back Tuesday morning. We will have all of the games that are being played today across D1, D2, D3. All of them will get covered in Tuesday's show, and then we'll come back again for next weekend and do this all over again uh, Memorial Day weekend. So that's it. As always, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe, share the show with your homies, all that good crap, and Hoost is out. 